Crane's Cleveland Podcast. I'm Dan Paletta, your host. Thanks for being with us. Outside of the pandemic, it seems one of the topics we've discussed quite a bit on the landscape is the changing of the guard when it comes to leadership here in Northeast Ohio, whether it's in the worlds of business, arts and culture, or in the educational community. We're glad to welcome a new face to Northeast Ohio. Dr. Michael Bastin joins us. He is the fifth president of Cuyahoga Community College. Dr. Bastin, thanks for being with us today. Dan, so happy to be with you today in the podcast. Let's talk about some of the work you did before you became involved in higher education, and that was as an attorney. So you, you didn't jump right into academia, so how does it lead you into academia? Interestingly enough, I was a lawyer for educational institutions and began to teach paralegal studies in some of those colleges and enjoyed that so much. I started working with the students that I actually moved into administration uh, and ultimately worked for a decade as a dean of students at a four-year institution before uh, coming into the community college space. Uh, And my last stop was Rockland before here. Tell us a little bit about Rockland. It's in New York. How does it compare in terms of size and scope to Tri-C? Rockland is much smaller than Tri-C, but what they share is really this connection between real-world opportunities for students. How do you align business and industry with the academic programs so that students could actually move into meaningful careers that support and sustain them and their families? You were the head of Rockland during a time of a lot of civil unrest. We've talked a lot with the educators we've spoken with, people looking for more diversity and more in, being more inclusive. How was it on your campus? Well, clearly, all of us around the country are continuing to move in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. My campus was no different, but I had the benefit of working with my college community over the years prior to what we saw with the George Floyd matter, as an example, to really work together to build the cultural competence of our campus, to make sure that students had meaningful voices, and ultimately to make sure that we were working on employee engagement so that we could diversify our faculty and staff. So when we moved through this period of time, we had already begun those conversations in advance of this sort of watershed moment, and it it helped us even to move further in our work. We had an opportunity to speak to the new president of of, uh, Case Western Reserve University, and he talked about this. We were saying, you know, 50 years ago, this this wasn't something that a college president was dealing with. It just wasn't on people's radars. But he talked about this really being an opportunity instead of a not only say a burden, but like not a problem, but something you, you can take advantage of. Well, the truth is, in many instances in our country, there are moments that we, as a nation, can rise to the occasion. And it allows us to clarify what we mean by inclusive excellence. What do we mean by making sure that economic opportunities and opportunities to grow in every aspect of our country are available to all people? And as a democracies college, which community colleges are, we are on the front line of making sure that regardless of the level of preparation or the economic circumstances a person has, that we're an institution that says you still can rise and we will help you. One of the things we've talked about with educators, especially in higher education, is that we've seen a decline in enrollment, I'm sure, in part because of the pandemic. What did you see at Rockland and how are things at Tri-C? 
we too had enrollment declines while I was in Rockland. And, and of course, a Tri-C, like many other colleges and universities around the country, are experiencing the enrollment declines. But I would say that we are probably in a, an enrollment reset period in our country. You know, there was a time often when folks saw challenging economic times that they were coming to the community college. But there are alternatives now that were not in place in the last recession. The rise of the gig economy, the gig worker, the person that is the freelancer, the person that has DoorDash, Uber Eats, Etsy, all these other options, uh, those would normally be people that would come to the community college that are looking for different opportunities. And what we've got to be able to say to them is that you still can move forward with your entrepreneurial aspirations and we can support you and help you grow and build the life that you deserve. So so I think that you're going to see an enrollment change and it will be different because the expectations of those who would come to college are now different. Do you have any feel for what amount of students are actually working while they're attending a community college? Oh, in our case, the significant majority of our students are working while they're attending the college. You know, many of our students and more of our students are part-time than full-time because of the fragile life circumstances. And so part of what we've been trying to do very intentionally is to provide them the wraparound support services and the kinds of structured uh, interactions so that they could manage home, manage work obligations, and advance themselves through an education. So that is the case for many of our students. Do you see a a rise in terms of adult learners? And when I say adult learners, people who aren't college age, who aren't 18 to 24 that are coming to community college. Absolutely. The ages of our students are much older than in the past, but also you're seeing the adults taking our shorter term credentials. That is because we know that those shorter term credentials now in critical areas and industries can lead to good paying jobs and a rung on the ladder as they climb to higher levels of opportunity. Certainly the chief role of a community college is to educate its students, but how do you see its role in terms of economic development and and being part of the city and its infrastructure and, and providing the workers that we need? Quite frankly, the community college's role is economic mobility. We are a catalyzing factor for economic mobility because of the relationships that we make with business and industry, because we have partners in government that we are solidly connected to, because we have the facilities. If you come to Tri-C, you'll see some of the -the state-of-the-art facilities that will rival any institution anywhere around the country. And we are using those facilities and opportunities to make sure that all of our citizens move from economic fragility to economic mobility with good training, good educational experiences, and a clear career focus. Obviously, one of the things a president does, in addition to making sure his students are educated, is he has to fundraise. What do you talk about when you reach out to community leaders? When you reach out to community leaders, is this the thing that you tell them? It's like, sure, it's wonderful to be altruistic and invest in education, but it's, it's a benefit to you. It's such an important message for those who are philanthropic donors to know that the vitality of the community is dependent upon an educated citizenry. And what better way to make an investment in the the institutions that bring over a billion dollars of economic benefit to this particular community and $9 for every dollar invested in public funds to move uh, the folks from that 
that fragile state economically to the state where they can be fully invested in their community. They can be great citizens uh, who are making a difference. Pandemic is hardly over, but we're starting to feel a lot, deal with ways to cope with it and move on with our lives. How has it changed what it, the, the direction of a community college? Has it made things different? Of course, the pandemic has taught us that we have to be more responsive and more flexible with the lives that people live now. You know, when you think about the way in which business and industry is resetting, you know, we are not at a time anymore where folks just come for a nine to five in an office downtown uh, and they, you know, are sort of structured in that way. Now with remote work options, with the fact that many offices are giving up their offices downtown so that those workers can work at home. The concept of shift work is not limited to manufacturing anymore as we become a much more global community. You know, we as the college and community college and colleges in general have to be thinking about these resets and what it will mean for our reset. So we have to have more modalities of education, more uh, sort of scheduling opportunities, and more wraparound services and supports for those who we want to rise, not only in Cleveland, but in America. Dr. Michael Baston joins us today for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. Dr. Baston is the new president of Tri-C. He's uh, discussing what's going on at the school and what's going on with him. We're glad to have him here today. Obviously, the virtual role was a big thing in the last year or so, doctor. People had to study from home. They had to learn from home. Do you think that's going to continue even though students are back in the classroom? I think there will always be a hybrid option moving forward because what we know is that if more people are taking on this more entrepreneurial approach as a freelancer and they are actually cobbling different kinds of work options together, that we as educational institutions have to meet them where they are in the schedules, in the modalities, in the ways that they want to be reached. There is a always going to be a foundational place for in-the-classroom experience, the face-to-face learning, coming into buildings and on campuses. We will never lose that because for many, the campus is the place, the safe haven, the place that they can go and have a sense of place. But we must recognize that there is going to be also a convergence of those who have an interest in still getting a quality education, but in a modality that makes sense for their busy lifestyle. So you're going to see more online enrollments and some are going to be hybrids where you have some of your classes on site and some of your classes are virtual. You're going to see more asynchronous options where people will learn on their time, you know, go it at their pace. You know, all of these things will continue to emerge and we in the educational space have to recognize based on the interest of those that we are seeking to serve, you know, what is going to be the best mix of programmatic studies and and, and modalities and locations and things so that they can be successful. One of the things that community colleges offer is both degree and non-degree programs. Do you need to make those more closely aligned? Well, we certainly will continue to see the alignment of the credit-bearing and the non-degree programs uh, as stackable credentials so that we want to begin to let folks know that you should get credit where credit is due. If you have an experience, you should be given credit for that experience. If you take a certificate that can lead to one of our longer-term Greek credentials, you should be able to get credit for that. And so one of the things that we will be focusing on is to 
even more closely align those non-degree programs with our degree programs so that the career ladder is clear, that folks are reducing the time to get the degrees and the cost, and to give people the best opportunity to rise in our community. Have you noticed a change in what students are coming to study at a community college, be it Tri-C or Rockland, or is it still the same subject? Are people looking at new and different things? Well, you see more folks focusing on the concepts of career-oriented programming. And so I believe, you know, in many institutions, folks that come to the community college, they're not sitting under the tree waiting for the apple to fall to yeah. find themselves. They're coming because they'll ultimately have to find a career to take care of themselves and their families. So our students now are coming in more focused on the kinds of ways that they can develop passion, that they can move what what I call purpose-driven educational pursuits, that they really have some purpose, some direction, some clarity about what they want to become, what they want to do. And because of all the new opportunities that didn't exist, you know, I would have never said to you five years ago that being a Zoom caster would be a job. (laughs) But there are, you know, this pandemic produced a whole new industry. And so there are other industries that will be produced. We have to be able to be agile and nimble and help students to take on the brave new world that's before them. You mentioned a purpose-driven education. And I think often about, and this is a sensitive subject, people take out big, big college loans. And everybody has anecdotal stories, but I know of a woman who took out over $100,000 in loans to study photography. And I'm not degrading that I can't take a picture to save my life and I, I admire it, but I think to myself, you know, are you being realistic when you do that kind of thing? It's a lot of money to invest in a, in a profession. You may or not get a job. And there's plenty of people who do have jobs that never didn't take out that kind of loan to go there. Well, that is why we say come to the community college because we have a affordable, available programs, but more importantly, we engage our students in career navigation and development. We don't say to the student, good luck, because good luck is not the best strategy. What we say is, let us help you think about what you want to be, what you're good at, what things will actually move you from a passion perspective. Let's get you on a clear academic path, but let's show you what are the career destinations from these academic paths. That doesn't mean that we no longer need history and English and all of those sorts of things. There are specific skills that are connected to all of those educational pursuits. But now we want to begin to highlight the skills that students develop, not just what they learn, but what they can do because of what they can learn. And I think that starting at a community college, for some, the community college will be their terminal degree. Uh, But for others, starting on that path and having that community college experience on the front and it's extraordinarily important. And by the way, we have a lot of folks that have bachelor's degrees and master's degrees that come back to the community college because many of the four-year institutions do not provide certain certificates that one might need to move up in their career that the community college provides in terms of company-based education and others. So we don't see ourselves as just a through institution where you come for your two years, get some general education credits, and you move on. We see ourselves as your lifetime career partner. When you want to learn something, you can come here because it's going to be quality at an affordable price that allows you to continue to grow and grow and grow. At Rockland, you had a program called From Industry to Instructor. What was that all about? I wanted the people in our community who had lots of skills and and experience to come in and be an adjunct 
professor for us so that they could actually help our students learn uh, sort of from practical real world experience. And so engaging people that were recent retirees or people in business and industry, by doing this, we trained them on how to teach in a classroom for those students. And that made a very big difference for us. And I think those kinds of programs where we say to folks in the community, there are great ways for you to give back business industry leaders. There are great ways for you to shape the next set of minds for our community, that those kind of programs really work. Your predecessor, Alex Johnson, joined us here for the landscape and we had talked about his exit. Have you had an opportunity to talk much with him and, and some ideas about where to take things next? Oh, absolutely. I've had a wonderful set of conversations with Dr. Johnson, who I have so much respect for. He's done a great job. And I've been blessed to talk to Dr. Jerry Sue Thornton, as well as uh, Dr. Nolan Ellison. So I've had the privilege of talking to all of the the persons who took the the weight of this work on their shoulders. All of them have given me great uh, sort of insights and advice about this beautiful community. And they also led in a pre-pandemic world. And I'm leading now in a post-pandemic world. I hope we're going to transition out of the pandemic into a post-pandemic world where business and industry has reset and all economic landscape is reset. So I'm taking the helm at a different time in the development of our institution and higher education in general. So we stand on their shoulders as we face a brave new world. Have you had an opportunity to uh, take a look around and say, wow, there's some things going on here that I, th- I think are really working? Oh, my goodness. There are so many things that are working. If you go to any of our facilities and see some of the training that we are doing, I had a chance to look at our fire academy, our, our training with the police, with so many different, our nursing work, so much of the facilities where we are really providing excellent training, they are facilities that you will find nowhere else uh, around. So I'm very proud of the good work that we do, particularly as we help people think about their careers. Finally, in addition to the work you've done as a college president, a community college president, you've also been a pastor. Is that something you'd be able to continue, you think, or remain involved in that way? I know you have to find a flock, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm always going to be in ministry. It's just different kinds of ministry. And so now, you know, I've always felt very connected to my faith. I live my faith. It's in everything that I do. Uh, So I don't necessarily have to be over a specific house to actually bring uh, that sense of purpose, love, and support uh, to all communities, which is what I'm really interested in doing. Well, Dr. Bastin, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a great pleasure. And it's over the years, it's been great to watch how Tri-C has grown. I came to Cleveland in the early 1980s just to watch his transformation. It's been wonderful. So good luck with your new job. Thank you so much, Dan. Really appreciate you having me today. Dr. Michael Baston joined us today for The Landscape. He is the new president of Cuyahoga Community College. We're glad you could join us too, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.